to buy starts in 3, 2, 1. Hi, I'm the rap game Baby Spice. I'm Jordan. I gotta look up what mine is real quick. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's right. You don't have one. I don't have one, so I I guess this is me doing it. Um, Wait, let me do mine. All right, now your turn. (laughs) Hey, baby, you're looking very pleasing to my optic sensors. I'm Gigi. (laughs) Oh, welcome to Robots and the Guys, a queer reading of Transformers from Gen 1 to Gen Now. Oh, I've been waiting for this episode. I've been really waiting for this episode. Because I knew it... Did you know it was coming? I knew it existed, but I didn't know where it existed in the series. Mm-hmm. Did you two have fun? No. Can I... This... <laughs> this was the most watchable of the episodes so it, far. It was probably the best episode so far, in the sense that it definitely made me feel something throughout it. Because the yeah. last two episodes with Chip Chase Boy Genius were kind of insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> so anything that wasn't Chip Chase Boy Genius <laughs> was like a goddamn oasis. It's like all we had to cling on to in the last couple episodes was Chip Tra- Chase Boy Genius. And now we've been given like a fucking Christmas ham to gnaw on. I know. How'd you feel about the episode, Genevieve? Just overall. This episode really hit me in my emotions. Yeah. More than any episode has. I actually felt something. That's, I, I totally get it. Let's get right into it with, uh, just boys having fun in the snow. Okay, but Bumblebee (laughs) is still being a passive-aggressive himbo. Right? (laughs) Bumblebee threatens to come on Spike. (laughs) I'll splat on you. He literally says, I'll splat on you. Well, Spike is like flirting with Jazz at the beginning. And then as we know, Bumblebee is jealous of their relationship and tosses a giant snowball at Spike to get his attention. I think we should let everyone know that it starts as a snow day um, in the middle of the desert. And it took me a second because I was like, oh, like holiday episode and then right? i was like exactly. wait there's a cactus here and then <laughs> spike goes i can't believe i'm in a snowball fight in july in the middle of the desert I, and i'm like that doesn't strike you as alarming i think we should definitely get into all this because as soon as we hit jet fire that's the rest of the episode yeah. right it <laughs> dropped 40 degrees spike and you're like just having the time of your life him and jazz are just palling it up and then bumblebee continues to just himbo his way in (laughs) we were joking about like there being like a a love-hate triangle going on but like it seems like the show is actually supporting that hypothesis yeah it's not even like triangle just anyone that b sees spike or chip chase with that isn't him infuriates him (laughs) But he drives him wild. But he's not smart enough to deal with it. <laughs> no, he and he can't express his emotions either because he's grown up in this very, very codified Autobot, like, military industrial, lifestyle. Industrial so, complex. <laughs> yeah, so the only way he knows how to, like, articulate um, how he's feeling is through random acts of passive aggression. Um, in, and in doing so, he literally just covers everybody with his snow shot. Mm-hmm. Just, he just gets everyone. It hurts everyone. Oh, Spike it, looked yeah. kind of cute in his winter outfit. Oh, he did. <laughs> his little, his, like, his curls were out. He, uh... He's wearing a little turtleneck. You liked it? I was into it. We had, uh... The boys having fun on the Autobot side, but if we jump over to the uh, Decepticon side, we start with um, we start with some rumble, just a little bit of just a tickle of rumble, just a little rumble and uh, feather tickle. Rumble and Skywarp have like a small interaction in this. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you notice that Rumble seems to hang out a lot with the um, 
Seekers, the Plane Boys, that being uh, that being Skywarp, Thundercracker, and Starscream. I knew that he and that him and Starscream, um, they they get to play Idiot One, Idiot Two. Um, but I didn't re I didn't realize that he was with play that he was with Plane Boys Limited. Also, he's just whenever he seems to be say, and maybe it's just because like. Megatron's got his little squad, which really is just the Seekers that he sends out, and then uh, Soundwave's got his little squad, which is his two little animal boys and Rumble. So Mm -hmm. I guess when people get sent out, it's like Rumble and the Seekers get sent out to do stuff, so that's why they're, from a story standpoint, together a lot. But I like to think that Rumble likes being around the Seekers, even though he gets bullied by them. I, I, I think so. I mean, you know, they're kind of like, you know, I mean, we've, we've established that like Skywarp is kind of like the, bl- like the literal black sheep um, of the, of, of the, of the Decepticons goes out on his own, goes into G.I. Joe mm-hmm. and makes a mess. By the way, I was wrong in the last episode when I said he joins Cobra. He doesn't join Cobra. He joins G.I. Joe. <laughs> See, Unpre- unpredictable. We stand a legend. Um, <laughs> But I think Rumble sees in them something kind of, um, something kind of, um, idolatrous. Something to kind of look up to. Mm-hmm. Genevieve, do you have anything to add about um, Rumble? Because I want to hear your opinions about Rumble. Just that he ain't one to be fucked with. No. Tell you that. Can fuck shit up. Maybe he likes being with the, uh, Seekers because he likes to show them, like, a little bit of strength now and then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe he likes to show off, even though he's a little guy. Yeah. You think maybe he has, like, a Napoleon complex? Is Rumble a twonk? As my mom says, short man syndrome. <laughs> Just an incredibly southern lady thing to say. Rumble is a short king. Short king. You know I love a short king. We stand. Uh, maybe Rumble... The only thing I was going to say is maybe Rumble likes to... Uh... His gang that he hangs out with is a bird and a cat. So rumble m- likes to get into a rumble. Maybe he likes to get into a rumble. Speaking of Rumble's gang, a bird and a cat, uh, was there any uh, sightings of any uh, wild animals in this episode? That's right, it's time for Gigi's Wild Kingdom. look at the animal activity that happens in each Transformers episode. GG, a uh, little bit of little bit of ravage action, a little bit of laser beak action. A little bit, and I'm gonna be honest, I wish I hadn't seen it. Um, for today's GG's Wild Kingdom, I would like to uh, talk for a minute about animal cruelty. Um, Speak on it. Breach. It is not humane to use your little kitty to do your evil bidding. Or your little birdie, even if he's just a box with a head. (laughs) Animals have souls too, even if they're robots. And they deserve to be treated how we would want to be treated. Amen. like teaching into kindergarten class. Laserbeak was extremely useful though in this episode. They both kind of were. They're always useful, and then they get kicked <laughs> down by Megatron. Or, you know, there's casualties to a snow cave av- avalanche. Um, another thing I would like to say is that I, I again feel like there's this growing connection, or there's something between Spike and Ravage. Um, when Ravage tackles i don't think i remember the name of the robot that he tackled uh, when he tackles some autobot i think it was spike, probably cliff jumper yeah it was probably cliff jumper um spike acts really disappointed and he he goes like oh ravage like he's an owner scolding his pet and I think I just, I really want Spike to adopt Ravage because I think he would treat Ravage um, much better. And Ravage would get the love he deserves, the love and care he deserves. Abuse that Ravage receives is never never at the hand of his poppy. No, it's never at the hand of his poppy, but his poppy hands him over like... 
He's may not be abusive. Uh, are you saying Soundwave uh, may not be abusive, but he may be a little bit neglectful? He's exploitative. I think, yeah. Yeah. I would... I wouldn't say he's not abusive at this point. Do you think that when Spike adopts uh, Ravage, he's going to have to put a bumper sticker on the back of uh, Bumblebee that says, um, my panther is a rescue? <laughs> and then Ravage is just like yes. in the car with his head out the window. Ravage. Yeah, for sure. Ravage is so weird to me because I always think he's a dog and he's not a dog. Ravage is just an innocent. <laughs> Hashtag Ravage innocent. Ravage did nothing wrong. Hashtag protect Ravage. <laughs> and Laserbeak. Oh, oh, last thing with Rumble, and I don't even know if this is going to make it in the episode. I just have the note, Rumble is so fucking dumb. <laughs> what else did he do? He fucking just, he got made fun of, and then he's like, I'll show you, and just pounds yeah, that. Yeah, that's why I say don't and fuck with And that's how him. he found Skyfire. Oh, yeah. So let's get to what the rest of this episode's going to be about. Let's be honest. Let's be okay. honest. Okay. This, okay, Skyfire gave us a lot <laughs> Should we start by talking about the relationship or start talking about Scar- Starfire himself? Skyfire. Skyfire. I'm gonna fuck it up. So bad. It's hard enough that it's like the ship name and the name of another character. Uh, well, I think we have to... I'm just gonna have to say Jetfire, because that's... Anyways. Yes, Jordan? For the purpose of this episode... For the purpose of this podcast... I think we have to start by delineating the relationship between Skyfire and Starscream. Mm-hmm. I think, I think let's ease into. I think let's ease into this with starting when Jetfire is literally passed out on a table, and we almost get and we have a second of Megatron and Starscream, as Starscream is talking to Megatron, and Megatron almost sounds a little jealous. Or kind of like, who's this that you care so much yeah. about? Yeah, it's a little, it's a little clueless, I would say. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, he's not hurt. Megatron isn't hurt, because I don't think he can really be hurt. But he is maybe a little insulted that this hasn't been brought up to him before from his current partner. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like there's some sort of, like, communication that's been withheld. Yeah. Um... Like, you haven't told me about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, and just like the way you just put it, it's not like he's not hurt. It's just... Hmm. <laughs> it's skepticism, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he's even wondering, you were able to get a, a, a hunky this beefy? <laughs> he's so big. Oh, I love him. <laughs> we'll get to, we'll get to it in our final sections because oh he's such a big boy, uh, but then we get the story that juicy backstory beginning with the amazing all timer. I knew him once. I knew him once. Ooh. Uh, my favorite line from that story is I searched half the globe for him. Oh, that's so beautiful. Right, I, I literally. Half the- searching for him but he was gone <laughs> i wrote starscream you softy i was also like hey um starscream did you just fucking forget that you have in fact been to earth before and you left a man behind on it <laughs> all right now that we're past the sentimentals let's... let's talk about why that relationship could not have ever worked <laughs> it's um i had a theory i think like four or five episodes ago that starscream in his relationship with Megatron is he's being abused by Megatron, obviously. Mm-hmm. But my theory was that Starscream was someone who, in his past relationships, was abusive to his past partner. And he was an abuser who is now being abused. Does that make any sense? Ab- I'm Absolutely. I mean, it feels like... I think we talked about it before. Like, Starscream doesn't know a, what a healthy relationship looks like. And I think neither does Megatron, for that mm-hmm. matter. It, and I think this may just confirm that theory. Yeah. That... 
this did leave me with a lot of questions about Starscream because Skyfire is such a sweet boy. I truly cannot imagine them with Starscream the way that he is in this series, like working together as scientists. Yeah, I I wrote down that I wonder if Starscream has been changed by being in his relationship with Megatron yeah. since he was dating Star. Uh, because <gasps> Skyfire is like seems to trust him upon waking up and seeing him and regards him as a friend. Starscream, it's you. <laughs> mm. So I was like, who did Starscream used to be? Yeah, apparently a scientist. A scientist. Uh, he, he, it seems like he was a re, like a lab tech, like a, a lab, uh, like he, it says he was researching Earth. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also get that slightly juicy morsel from Megatron, that must have been before we left the Autobots, uh, mm -hmm. which may be how he personally refers to his time with Optimus, but... <laughs> <laughs> before the breakup. <laughs> um. Before the event. <laughs> Yeah, I like the um, whole questioning of who Starscream was before the abuse that he suffered at the hands of Megatron. But it, it does strike me that Starscream was never the scientist that Skyfire wanted him to be. Mm -hmm. It seemed like Starscream was very, very changeable in his temper and wasn't satisfied with being just a scientist as opposed to Skyfire who, like, researches his life. I wrote down that we have a whole theme of partners changing their partner. Mm -hmm. um, in this episode, we actually get a physical representation of that with, uh, like, Starscream and Megatron handing Jetfire the new Decepticon logo to put on. Right, yeah. And it's like, we literally have, like, was Starscream changed by Megatron? Did start and is Starscream currently changing Jetfire now that they... He's currently trying to change Jetfire. Uh, definitely trying to change him. But Skyfire's got too much integrity. Too much integrity, too much uh, of a love for science. He's not a warrior. He's a good, big, gentle science boy who follows his heart. Bill Nye, the big plain guy. <laughs> 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 um, and he likes humans. <laughs> I it really warmed my heart the way that he was genuinely curious about humans and like picked up Spike and his dad, like a gentle giant, and it was just like, "Hey, what's wrong? Why are you scared?" Um. Yeah, he made a very valuable distinction between Autobots and humans. Um. It spoke to a larger enlightenment on his part mm -hmm. that the ally of an Autobot is not necessarily an auto is not necessarily an Autobot. I half wonder if Starscream back when they were dating because it's official they were dating right before Megatron. A hundred percent. Um, I wonder if he liked that in Jetfire because they went on a road trip. They went to Earth. They did go to Earth together, and then everything went horribly mm -hmm. wrong. I wonder if. Starscream liked in Jetfire that he was kind of like like that and saw either, I wonder if Starscream liked that as an actual quality or thought that he could use that to manipulate Jetfire back then. That's an interesting question. And I mean that it all rolls back to what was Starscream like before Megatron? <laughs> mm -hmm. Because was he the kind of plane who uh was manipulative back then or was he just ambitious back then and his relationship with Megatron has turned him slightly manipulative and abusive? I definitely think there's something to proximity to not only Megatron but the notion of leadership mm -hmm. that has corrupted Starscream. And even That's... possibly corrupted Megatron. We don't know what yeah. his story before is. Right. We wonder what, what brought Optimus to Megatron in the, initially, um, but it also comes into question is like, was Starscream ever um, a prizable scientist, or did he always have this warrior instinct? Mm -hmm. 
A line uh, that stuck with me from Skyfire was, it seems the time has come for me to make the change from science to war. I wonder if Starscream had the same question when he met Megatron. Possibly. I I had a question down here, which is, um, well. But he actually liked it. Yeah. I think Starscream was definitely incredibly ambitious beyond what was, like, reasonable back in the day. Like, I could totally see him and Jetfire flying and go and hit, and Starscream going, let's get closer to the planet, and Jetfire being like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty close enough, honey. No, 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 let's get closer. I, according, his uh, version of the story is that it was Jetfire's idea to get closer. Oh. But he did that in the name of research. Had yes. it been... Had it been Starscream, it wouldn't have been for research purposes. It would have been, let's just see if we can do it. What if, oh my yeah. god. What if, <laughs> this has just become fan fiction theory time. When has it not been fan fiction? <laughs> uh, what if fucking Starscream way back when was the really timid one? And being with Jetfire kind of, uh, like, boosted his, like, confidence and his, um, like ambition and then lose and warm skyfire is yeah but it also like kind of healthfully boosted that ambition in starscream and like 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 jetfire wanted him to be everything that he could be and then when he lost jetfire what if he went off the deep end with it (laughs) and just replaced the need for scientific betterment with combat betterment and that's what led him to megatron (laughs) what if starscream was the timid shy boy in the beginning of all this megatron is is like his rebound but it all went wrong that he can't get rid of yeah and it's turned him slowly into this maniacal manipulative uh, who just wants to become the leader so he can get rid of megatron that's all he wants however he is in this episode abusive to his ex extremely abusive we can't ignore that i wrote in here that it is maybe that wasn't their original relationship but in this he is taking the part of an ex who's really happy to see his ex until they start disagreeing with him (laughs) Yeah, yeah like the gesture of starscream saying you will be my second in command uh, to jet the fire. nerve! It's, to it's such a, a big power boy. play. <laughs> um, it's it's a lot to unpack in this episode, but I do like the theory that Jetfire was like trying to healthfully stoke uh, Starscream's ambition, and then when losing him, sent him off the deep end and towards Megatron, which unhealthfully stoked that ambition to where he is now. Well, what we found is that um, Skyfire is extremely um, impressionable um, and is very, very susceptible to suggestion. It makes me wonder if, like, that's just sort of a trait of the science bots on Cybertron, which is, like, we they kind of accept everything as gospel. Um, and then it's their lot as scientists to move beyond it what other Um, scientists and when i say scientists i mean real scientists not like starscream was a scientist have we met we've met uh chip boy genius boy genius Genius. uh chip chase boy genius shockwave Mm -hmm. and um what's his face uh not mirage shockwave also has a oh uh wheeljack wheeljack mm-hmm Shockwave does have a kind of gentleness and kind of mm-hmm. acceptance to him. Well, Shockwave is less of a scientist and more of a butler. <laughs> That's true. I love how Shockwave isn't even in this episode and we're talking about him. Listen, we don't, dis- we don't not discuss best boy. I thought you were about to say, listen, we don't deserve Shockwave. That's also, also true. Um, God... Well, Jetfire. Um, can we talk about how the last few minutes of the episode turns into like a full-out World War One drama? <laughs> <laughs> and things got real intense. I was like, "Is this 1917? What the fuck?" 
Uh, I really like when Optimus uh, shoots off Megatron's arm cannon, like thereby emasculating him. I think that's really good. We do get the actual first case of them (gasps) sword fighting, and that's very good. That is extremely good. Yet another sexually charged fight. I like. It seems like it's a prerequisite for like a G one Transformers episode. (laughs) There's a very sexually charged fight. They like they're in the writers' room and they're like, "Hey, did we put in a sexually charged fight between Megatron and Optimus? No. (laughs) Have them fight with swords. But isn't this Jetfire's episode? Sneak in about thirty minutes of them sword fighting, (laughs) or you're fired, Dave." (laughs) <laughs> the episode doesn't end until we can feel Megatron's breath on Optimus's face. <laughs> um, it's God. <clears throat> oh. <clears throat> it it does really go full war drama there. They they get bombed. They get bombed. There's a by whole... the plane dudes. I don't know their names. The Seekers. Okay. Thundercrack and Skywarp, yeah. <laughs> the goons. Of course. Don't I, talk I, about I Skywarp do. like that, you piece of shit. <laughs> I love it when the guy is like, "Can you pull out?" <laughs> Negative. <laughs> hey. Hey. Quote. Actual quote from the episode. Ironhide is carrying too much lead in his caboose. Hell yeah, he is. (laughs) Should have used that as my intro. God. So, I I guess we should discuss what happens. Which is the death Um, of the dead. R.I.P. to the big homie. R.I.P. to the big queen. Which is, I was like almost tearing up. It got me the tiniest bit. Maybe it's just because it's on the like, the most basic of storytelling level of we have someone come back to life, they just want to do science, and then they're brought into war and die. So, I get it. I understand why I had emotions towards this ending. But it got me. Jordan? Yeah, I mean, you know... It, it's it is it is dead ass um the the best writing in the series yeah. um the way that they've handled um skyfire's death is so graceful it's so gentle it's so respectful and so tasteful you almost forget it's a fictional character much like the man himself absolutely i mean it really couldn't have been a more fitting send-off um and you can tell that like even though they weren't familiar with skyfire they sensed his nature and they gave him they gave him props he died in autobot yeah oh yeah the autobots um tried to help him recover ratchet goes to work yes yeah, it, uh, it's... And he, Ratchet doesn't want to leave him behind when the bombing mm. starts happening. He's, he... like, holding his hand. Yo, since we're talking about Ratchet and, uh, the just every episode reoccurring theme of, uh, medical, like, uh, fixing, what is it, uh... Uh, maintenance is a form of intimacy. Ma- yeah. yeah, the ever-recurring theme of maintenance as a form of intimacy... We actually get the first images of maintenance as a form of intimacy on the Decepticon side. Mm. With oh, when they're we br- do. When they're bringing Je- uh, Jetfire back to life. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, blast! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot... 1,500 volts! It's a lot more violent, isn't it? <laughs> and yeah, Soundwave, it... like, brings out his big forearm. Just fucking... Yeah, sorry, Jordan. Him. No, no, go, I mean, go ahead. I was just going to say that it's almost like a, like the Decepticons don't understand that intimacy, so it becomes this sort of violent perversion of yeah. it. Mm-hmm. We get Ratchet's real, like, kind of calm handling of people in comparison mm-hmm. to Soundwave's, just as you put it, po- point it, l- literally shooting them to bring them back to life. <laughs> Um, 
and like we even get a weird comparison in like last week's episode where ratchet had um wheeljack helping him in this one we just have starscream yelling at uh soundwave oh right yeah um I just, yeah. Yeah. Feel like shit. Just want him back. <laughs> Anyways, the episode ends with Jetfire dying, but it also ends with Bumblebee being a fucking himbo, which essentially at his fu- at Jetfire's funeral, <laughs> Bumblebee goes, and the earth will heat up again. <laughs> when they're all like crying about Jetfire. Well, we've also got Starscream screaming just one last blast, which is really good. Uh, should we get into our segments? Or sorry, David, did you have something? Dun, 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 I'm looking at my notes here. My new segment with David Thorpe that I'm springing on people right now. Bada bing, bada boom. What, you're zagging on us? I'm zagging on you. This is my new segment. I'm looking at my notes here. I want to know what your dumbest note is. And we'll start with mine. (laughs) This is good. Uh, my dumb, my dumbest fuck, because I do, when I watch these episodes, and I don't know if you guys have this, um, I write down notes, like, in seconds. I pause it, write down, like, I scribble, and then I'm done. Um, so I have here, for my dumbest note, Bumblebee's cum is (laughs) all-encompassing. So, give me your, y'all, give me your dumbest notes. Uh, Jordan, would you? To, well, to, tonight would be um, uh, the timestamp sixteen twenty six, and then my note is violent release. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a bit of a philosophical Transformers question. Um, the Autobots hide out where Megatron is like, show me the temperature and the thing talks to him. Also technically a robot. <laughs> is the Autobots hideout a Transformer as well? Or like, doesn't, does he have a personality? I feel like it would be really cute if he was just like another guy and he had a little face and he would like pop around to wherever people were working with him. Well, we um, what, what what the the teletram? Yeah, the the the, the spaceship they're in essentially. Yeah. They're land. Well, is it the teletram? Well, that's the thing he's talking to on the wall. Okay. Yeah. It I mean, listen. Teletran, I'm a telefan. <laughs> Eventually, we will get to people like uh Fortress Maximus and Metroplex, which are just literal Autobot cities that turn into robots. Fuck yeah. Um, even people like Omega Supreme, who's a, a rocket base that they hang out at sometimes. He's a brick. House. Actually, in Transformers Animated, the ship that they're in right now, at Transformers Animated's different series turns out to be Omega Supreme. So that is a that is a story element that you guessed for a different show. <laughs> <laughs> like me um, explaining Transformers lore, which is Jordan singing Brick House underneath it. <laughs> and doesn't that just sum it up? Now it's time for our se- for our usual segments, the ones that we schedule. <laughs> We're first going to do OTP. This is one Transformers pairing where we pick two Transformers uh, that we that we wish we could uh, see uh, kiss kissing all the time. Um, we'll go ahead and start with uh, David. Um, as punishment for making us do your seg- do your segment. That's fair. I'm gonna go. I like the segment. It's a fine segment, I think actually. It's a... <laughs> Thank you all. Um, so my pairing this week, even though I know Jetfire and Starscream are right there, is gotta be, uh, it's gotta be Rumble, and Skywarp. Oh really? No! I love their little banter in the cave. You like that Rumble almost fucking kills him? <laughs> I is like, that what you want in a relationship? I like that he show, he's like, I'll show you. <laughs> and I like... It fucking murders him in cold blood. It could... Well, it's... Listen, <laughs> listen I'm, I'm a rumble lover, so I don't... I actually don't really know where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I like... It's about as, like, kind of flirty that as a, as a pair of Decepticons get, really. <laughs> 
It's kind of like when uh, you're with your partner at the fair and they make fun of you that you can't, like, do the hammer thing to hit the bell. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then you're like, I'll show you, and you hit the bell. And then Rumble wins him a little teddy bear. <laughs> but in this case, the, uh, the te- teddy bear was the loss of his life. No, the teddy bear was jet fire. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> he was a really big teddy bear. Oh. <laughs> uh. Anyways. In a way, Rumble uh, won that for the audience. He did win that for the audience. Facts. Okay, Jordan, tell us about your pairing for this week. Okay. Um, so, my pairing this week is... Um, the two, is um, They were meant to be uh, Skyfire and Ratchet. Um, I, we talk a lot about, um, about the um, mechanics of intimacy... Up. And um, having Ratchet work on Skyfire, and Skyfire being not not really like Wheeljack. I think Wheeljack is a little quieter, and I think Wheeljack's a little more reserved. I think Jetfire's got kind of a well, he was a seeker. Um, I I think that in a way Jetfire has this sort of boldness to him that works with Ratchet the same way that like Optimus works with Ratchet although again Optimus is so can be kind of overbearing mm-hmm. with his leader like qualities Jetfire is kind of this nice mix of Wheeljack and Optimus someone who who really knows their place but also knows to push things further they are a sweet couple aren't they they even match color wise exactly <laughs> Um, and they really just kind of give off that same energy. They're like a couple that you could always hang out at their house and never feel like put out. That's a, that's a couple that always has dip, um, that doesn't make you feel bad for not knowing the party games, Mm -hmm. and one that's like always playing like Brazilian music from the 60s on the stereo. It's like nothing above. They're the kind of couple that not only doesn't make you feel bad for not knowing the party games, they'll be like, you don't have to play the party games if you don't want, and they'll like hand you a book or something that you're really interested in. Well, they'll they'll give you like one of their like, um, one of their pugs to like, you'll just, they'll just put the pug on your lap and they'll be like, this will entertain me for two hours. (laughs) They'll put the pug on their lap and they know you just want to watch the party game. God, I just want to be at a Skyfire Ratchet house party right now. Hold, like, just caressing one of their pugs. And watching. Giving it little kisses. And watching other people play party games. Yeah, maybe we've got a movie on in the background. Yeah. This is just the isolation talking, isn't it? We're just imagining (laughs) what our, like, perfect house party is. Hey, wouldn't it great to be with anyone? Wouldn't it be a giant robot? Um, what kind of they, they probably have like um, they probably got like Turner Classic Movies going on in the back. Yes. Oh, yes. That's the kind I of house great party taste. Mhm. So, Gigi, who is your OTP of the week? My OTP this week, and this, I don't know if this will make some people mad, but I picked Spike and Jazz. I was really into their flirty um, snowball fight and how they're just having a ball making terrible puns together. Um, They're having a snowball. (laughs) God. They really are cuter than Bumblebee and uh, Spike, aren't they? Yeah, Bumblebee's just too dumb. (laughs) Jazz, like, gives something for spike to work with you know and like i mean spike is dumb too so it's like you can't have two jazz you know i just think is a better compliment we've only had two scenes with them together but they have both been obviously better scenes than with bumblebee and spike for instance jazz and spike listen to uh music in the car to get in a car Uh ride together Mm -hmm. and now here they are playing together in the snow it it's feels the per- it's the opening scene. It's the opening dialogue. So someone in the writers' room must have known that like Jazz is like Spike's perfect scene partner. It seems almost at this point like Bumblebee keeps jumping in on them. <laughs> yeah, Bumblebee's the third wheel. 
I mean, he's such a jealous little bitch. <laughs> jealous little. Immediately himbo. goes to like make a giant snowball and break I up know. the fun. Ugh, the worst. Just he just needs to get together with fucking uh, Cliff Jumper at this point. <laughs> That's for another well, time. Mm-hmm. Well, all in good time. All right, now it is time for our auto crush of the week, where we pick the one transformer. Um, who may or may not be Skyfire, uh, who we love dearly and want to hold close for all of eternity. Jordan, why don't you go first here? (laughs) (laughs) Who's your crush of the week, Jordan? God, I'm such a basic bitch. (laughs) You're... Every... (laughs) Jordan... Don't worry. Jordan, unlike me, Jordan and Genevieve, unlike me, don't collect Transformers toys. I collect Transformers toys. I think Jetfire is the one character where Jordan may consider getting, like, (laughs) the smallest toy of Jetfire that he can find to just have on his shelf and look at and go, aww. I love him so much and I'm so (laughs) upset he's dead. (laughs) I also have to say, this is, he's the first character that I've, like, connected with based on one of your figures yeah after genevieve uh watched the ending where he died i brought out my uh jet fire figure and she hugged him i just held him for a little bit because this and, is and... no sorry go ahead oh this is just the uh the transformers war for cybertron jet fire which is just like a recreation of the g1 jet fire to a t mm, mm. and and what sticker does he have on his chest it's reversible hey <laughs> so you, get... you can spin man. it um <laughs> they actually um for, for this this is gonna get cut uh whenever i say it, it's just a note for me in editing but um this is actually they actually made a new class a size class for Jetfire for this uh because there's something called a titan class which is like a two foot tall transformer and then like below a that two foot tall yeah like toy oh the Titan class is like a two foot tall <laughs> Not toy. In Not in the show. <laughs> a Titan class is like a two foot tall, and then like below that is like a leader, which is like a foot or something, uh, or like like eight to eight inches tall. Anyways, this toy that I showed you earlier, Jordan, they made a whole new class for Jetfire because it's in between that because he deserves it. He's a he's a see that he's changing the size perimeters. Because big boys deserve love, and R.I.P. to the only, the only bot I'll ever really love. Can I That's go That's not next? true. Shockwave's up there on Cybertron. Yeah, you can go next. Yeah. Um, I also picked Skyfire. Hey. I mean, okay. I've had my past flames, some of which are in this episode. We see a lot of the little guys. We see rumble, we see gears. But Skyfire is the first bot I've met where once I got to knew, know him, I, I really just fell in love. I'm saying the L word. I love him. <laughs> he, just, he really blew me away. He instantly became my favorite. And yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm hurt, I'm heartbroken, I'm as, as much as you are, Jordan. Yeah. It's like this- He was so open-minded, and forward-thinking, and he, like, he thought for himself, and he stayed true to his heart. It's like, literally, there's- And then he sacrificed himself. (gasps) For our planet. For freedom? For freedom. (laughs) There's like literally a classification that I can see in how you guys are reacting, which is like the highest tier you can give to a Transformer is like if you would buy a toy of them. S tier, baby. S tier. S tier. <laughs> um, he, was, he was even willing to try being a Decepticon and he realized, you know, this just isn't me. And I just think he's a very respectable man. Uh. He knew himself enough to know that that wasn't for him. Exactly. Mm. What a waste! I'm sad he's not going to be in the rest. 
of it. Unless, well, I don't know the show. I don't know if there's a resurrection of Jetfire, honestly. Boy, if he does, we are in for it. If he gets resurrected, I'm getting resurrected. <laughs> he gives me life. Um. Anyways, mine is Cliff Jumper, and I have no reason. <laughs> what? Name one scene with Cliff Jumper. <clears throat> he um. Is Except that... when he like got fucking mauled by Ravage. I don't know. I just liked him. <laughs> This is a heel turn for you. This is a real he- heel turn, except it's not, because he's all red, just like Ironhide. <laughs> Why not just Ironhide? Because, I don't know, I just liked Cliffjumper in this. Oh, he did, like, do some, like, just running and gu- I love his running and gunning spirit. That's really it. Is he does a lot of running and gunning. I, he does get detracted points, because at the end, when Jetfire dies, he says, Why are we sad? Wasn't he a Decepticon? <laughs> Which, he does lose some points for that. I'll give it. <laughs> But that's just part of his running and gunning attitude. I don't understand. Why are we saving a Decepticon? Oh, why are we saving a Decepticon is what he says. He is sad at the funeral. Okay, he lost a little bit of points and then he comes back. I mean, we don't actually know. Also, just... He doesn't have any lines at the funeral. Just so everybody knows, I do I do love Jetfire. Otherwise, I would not have bought the War for Cybertron $87 toy of him. Okay? Just so everybody knows. I love that big luggy boy. I just also felt some kind of weird connection to Cliffjumper in this episode. And what is love if not being able to explain it? I'm gonna go die. Running and gunning and running and gunning 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 and gunning. That's my running and gunning boy. Um, that's that's it. That's I just liked his running and gunning attitude in this episode. Um. Also, I'm just I'm not good enough for Jetfire. <laughs> and now it's time for wheel, our final segment, Wheel Jack Off to That Later, where we pick the single sexiest moment of any given Transformers episode, the one that we will think about uh, right before we uh, hit the, before we grab our ticket to Dreamland. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start off with uh, Gigi uh, this time. I mean, it's hard to get it up after I just lost the love of my life. <laughs> um, not really feeling horny this episode but um during the fight between megatron and prime uh megatron does this like mid-air hip swivel where he rotates his (laughs) hips 180 degrees and i just thought i mean i just knew that uh megatron used that move during sex and it must have driven prime wild and um he uses it against him and i just yeah um so i took a screenshot of megatron's (laughs) pelvis in midair uh yes thank you did you like when um when they were uh deep in the earth's core um towards the end megatron was in had like his legs spread and starscream had like his hand on his hip I did not see this. Is that your moment, Jordan? I don't remember this either. No, uh, this isn't. This isn't my moment. Um, my moment is um, this is the moment where Starscream steps on Sk- Skyfire. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, step on me, Daddy!" Step on me, Starscream, Daddy. Ooh, step on me, Starscream. It was the one time I'd find Star. I- I'd found Starscream remotely attractive. And that was only via, and that was only via, um, sky, uh, something sexual happening to Skyfire. So it doesn't even count. (laughs) It's more like you wish that you were doing something to Jetfire. Not maybe not stepping on him because he's a good boy, but definitely. But if he if if he consented to it, then there you go. Yeah, I think my moment of this week has got to be uh the comment on ironhide's ass just the just the uh verification that he does got that big badonkadonk that i do crave (laughs) (laughs) ever an ass man that's that's me. Never um, an ass man and never to part. 
Ironhide is carrying too much lead in his caboose. Hell yeah, he is! Alright, that's gonna do it uh, for us from Robots Into Guys. Uh, Gigi, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Gigi Vines. That's G-E-G-E Vines like a grapevine on uh, whatever. Instagram? Yeah, that's a thing I have. (laughs) Where can people find you, Jordan? They can find me on Twitter at Elefante Triple One. That's E L E F A N T E Triple One. David, where can people go and uh, dunk on you? People can go dunk on me at One Kid to Take One uh, on Instagram, or you can find me on YouTube at David Thorpe. Um, also, if you want to dunk on all of us, come on over to our Instagram, Robots Into Guys. Yeah, follow follow we the pod on the gram. Insta. We got an Insta, and then go ahead and give us uh, a like and a good con- review on, uh, or no, give us a good review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. That'd be such a good help. We're very thankful. <laughs> Swipe you. up for cute bot pics. Swipe up for, <laughs> I, yeah, our Instagram does have a lot of cute bot pics. So. Uh. Yes. And uh, and stay and stay safe. And stay safe. Stay, stay indoors. Stay indoors. Stay safe. All right. Thanks everybody stay for listening. Safe. Thank you. Okay. Are we okay? Let's try it in unison. Thank you. Three, two, one. Transformers. Robots in disguise. Why did you say? Why did you say disguise? I couldn't remember which one we do. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Da, 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 da.